Coast to Coast Combat Hour. Ed Carbohol, as always, with Matthew Hawkins. Brought to you by AllAccessMMA.com. Please make sure you check out AllAccessMMA.com for your MMA news and interviews and all that stuff. Today is a very special day. Um, I'm not sure what else is going on, but right here on Coast to Coast Combat Hour, Matthew Hawkins is celebrating his birthday. He could have been doing other things because he lives in a really open state, but (laughs) (laughs) but he's here grinding out the podcast. Matt, happy birthday. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Happy to be here on my birthday. Cheers. I made a choice just like Brian Ortega did. (laughs) And uh, yeah, no, I'm happy to be here. Happy to be doing the show. you know, obviously in the COVID world, birthday parties are not the, uh, you know, haven't been going off for everybody. So I'm actually just happy to have this opportunity to talk with you and do our thing. Uh, we've been pretty consistent. So happy to keep on that train. Uh, as you kind of alluded to, there obviously is some other stuff going on in the world today. We're going to try to avoid talking about that, uh, be an outlet here uh, for the next 30 to 60 minutes or so. But uh, again, thank yeah. you for the birthday wishes. And uh, again, just. Love the show. Love doing this with you every week, man. It's uh, it's great. I love it. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, I had a birthday not that long ago myself. You know, I don't like to talk about my own personal shit on this podcast, but hey, man. You know, I mean, this is kind of this is kind of a uh, uh, one of a you know this is this was a conversation in the making. We've talked about in the past uh, having beers in front of in inside of an arena or outside an arena, talking about hey, we should do something one day. And then here we we're going uh, we're going on three years strong. With the podcast, had many guests from the UFC, Bellator, LFA, uh, uh, Invicta, or Invicta alumni. Where I'm working on Invicta, actually. Speaking of which, I'm I'm, I'm supposed to get an interview with Aaron Blanchfield. She was supposed to fight Pro Gonzalez at Invicta FC 40. Is that 43 or 46? I forget the number. But uh, Pearl announced on her Instagram yesterday that uh, she uh, got positive covid tests so that fight is now being postponed i don't know what they're doing in the interim to fix it but um figured i'd throw that out there since uh uh we didn't talk shop we just talked a uh, birthday birthday mess matthew hawkins <laughs> birthday mess <laughs> yeah no it, it sucks for uh aaron and for uh pearl uh obviously these covid tests popping up and i'll i'll all aspects of sports um, really throws a monkey wrench into things. Uh, we've actually been pretty good to dodge a lot of bullets, uh, <clears throat> especially in the UFC, as far as uh, not it not affecting any uh, any any huge fights. Uh, we will get into the uh, Santos Teixeira fight this weekend that has been rescheduled twice. That's probably the biggest uh, <clears throat> headliner fight that I can think of that's really uh, – had a heavy effect that hasn't been done. I know Holman and Aldana had the situation, but they, they got their fight in. But um, before we jump into that, I think we need to look back a little bit at the, uh, the UFC this past weekend. Yeah. Uh, you know, basically billed as uh, the end or the retirement of Anderson Silva. He goes out and puts on a competitive fight, but unfortunately for him and for uh, some of the hardcore old school MMA fans and people just love Anderson Silva. He suffered a KO loss, uh, Fout round four uh, of the bout. Um, I thought he looked good. Uh, I thought that um, I thought it was Anderson Silva. I mean, he throughout his whole life of fighting, he's made odd moves and, and strategies that worked for him when he was younger. Uh, when you're 
44, 45, uh, all of a sudden that, that little shimmy doesn't, doesn't shimmy as quick and, and you get start getting caught with punches. Uh, yeah. happens to every single fighter who's ever done it. It just gets really shown, uh, yeah. highlighted when it's somebody like Anderson Silva, who's, whose quickness and, uh, agility and, and, uh, reaction time and everything is what made him, uh, the superstar that he was. So he goes down to a loss, uh, you know, uh, other than some of just some personal feelings towards it, I wasn't super surprised by it, but, um, definitely disappointing. I, I think the way it kind of unfolded. Yeah, I mean, uh, there was a t- uh, like I, uh, during the second, first and second round, I was kind of like, oh my god, this is like Anderson Silva of old, and you know he was advancing and, and like you said, doing his movements and, and making uh, making um, Uriah Hall hesitant and things like that. But uh, you know, then once the the third third and fourth round obviously showed, uh, you know, it reminded us why why this is you know this is pretty much it for him. And and uh, I know Dana White said he's going to have a talk with him afterward because there's still one fight left on his contract, and a lot of questions that came afterwards was like, you know, are you going to stop him from competing anywhere else contractually, or you know, kind of do, do the Randy Couture thing to him? Um, and um, you know, Dana White was like, listen, I don't want to stop him from you know doing other stuff that that he can do to make a living, but he really shouldn't fight anymore. And listen, I mean, uh, I, I'm i with him on that. I mean, definitely, like he said, 46 is definitely, it's a young man's sport. We all know this. Um, you know, the, p- the fighters are in their prime in their early 30s. And then when they, once they get mid-30s and, and close to 40, that's when folks start making the old jokes about them. And, um, you know, that's, uh, that's unfortunately, uh, you know, Anderson's way past all that. And, uh, I mean, he looked good. I'm not going to lie. He looked really good in those first two rounds. But as soon as when he got dropped in the third and then the fourth, obviously we saw, we saw what happened. I was just like, yo, we transported him to the hospital afterwards. And it's just like, yeah, this is why, this is why, I mean, it would have been nice to see him win though. You know, it would have been nice to see him. I, I kind of thought he'd lose a decision kind of like what he did to Adesanya. But um, now folks are saying like, Hey, maybe, uh, maybe Uriah Hall is going to give uh, Adesanya a problem just because of the, the hesitancy, uh, you know, that that he showed in that fight and how he went to a decision, but I honestly think with both, I mean, something that Uriah Hall said and something Adesanya hints at a lot, even now when he looks back at that fight, is just like, you know, you're you're fighting someone, you know, it, it, it's like if, if I got to fight Boss Rutten or something, you know what I mean? You're fighting someone that motivated you to be a, a better martial artist and someone you looked up to, and it's almost, it's one of those things that it, I don't care who you are, it's going to mess with you. You know, win or lose. I mean, obviously they both beat him, but you know it's something that messed with them. So, um, I mean, the guy is a legend, and you know, give highlight reels galore all over the internet. Yeah, I'm not sure what he plans to do in the future. I think that he's obviously always been enamored with the idea of boxing Roy Jones Jr. And Roy Jones has that uh, quote unquote boxing match with uh, Mike Tyson coming up. So, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps on depending on how that goes, that might be something that Anderson looks. At too um i personally don't like that idea uh i don't think in a i I don't think a pure boxing match is good for him right now uh especially against somebody who you know i mean i I, i'd have no reason to believe roy jones wouldn't wouldn't probably finish anderson silva in a straight boxing match um i think roy jones would finish almost every middleweight in the ufc in a straight boxing match uh but uh so that's interesting you know, we always we when guys get older, especially in the UFC, and they're trying to get out of their contract or move on, we always have the Fedor thing. You know, it's always there mm-hmm. as long as they're competing, 
And, you know, although it would be in theory a middleweight against a heavyweight, um, that the Anderson Silva Fedor fight is a fight that, I mean, again, it's one of those, it's kind of one of those, you know, you could do it now because both guys are old and you don't really, a loss doesn't mean a, a damn thing. You know, it would just be two legends basically fighting. So I don't know if that's something that's even, even on their radar. Uh, it just seems like that that's some, a possibility that always comes up when you start having these guys uh, retire and move on, especially the heavyweights. But with Anderson Silva, there was always kind of that question, well, he could fight at 205, you know, if he does like a 200, you know, 15 pound, 225 pound catch weight or something with Fedor, is that something that they could, they could work out. But um, again, that's just wishful thinking. Um, and again, maybe a fight that doesn't make sense for Silva uh, because, uh, you know, a big punch putting his lights out again, probably might not be the best thing for him. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't know. Uh, he should be able to do whatever he wants. I, my, my biggest beef with Dana White is, although I do believe that he has a, uh, I, I believe his intention is good for a lot of these fighters. I, I don't know of any other real sport where like the commissioner basically decides when it's time for you to retire. You know, that's, that's a weird, weird thing. And I understand they're under contract. Um, you know, but Dana White talks about that's, of- that's also the out of a lot of contracts too, though. Like when you when you know fighter wants out, they they'll they'll say retirement, and then they have to like be inactive for a certain amount of time. If you guys really want details on on, uh, I think Eric McCracken's Combat Sports Law website he has the PDF of like the standard UFC contract where you can see all that stuff. I mean, uh, I'm just thinking off of the top of my head off of because he's he's put up screenshots in the past. So shout out to Eric McCracken. Over in the in the great white north in Canada, but he's uh he does a lot of uh, uh he's done a lot of examining of, of UFC contracts, and I think that's well, the reason why he, like you'll see like like look at Henry Cejudo obviously wants to fight, but you know he wants it, it's like he he wanted the freedom because now there's there's talk of him coming back, so um I think that's that's one of the ways to get out. I mean, look how many times Connor retired, you know what I mean? Yeah, I just it seems like it carries on. Um, basically, they have you have to turn down. I, again, Eric McCracken will be the guy to to check for uh, his feed for for exact information. You know, I just think I was going to comment about Dana White. You know, talking about how oh, he felt he didn't feel right, like he felt like he had done Anderson Silva wrong or something. Um, and maybe he did. Nobody, I mean, who's making these fights? There's there's probably. 65 middleweights on the UFC roster that Anderson Silva probably could dispose of fairly easily. But, you know, Dana, Dana likes to give like the BJ pins in these guys, like fights that they have no chance of winning and then acting like, you know, he's disgusted that the fight ever took place when he's the one making it. So I, I don't get that. Um, you, there was plenty of guys. You could have brought in a guy from frigging the contender series to fight Anderson Silva. If you wanted to do just some kind of, you know, farewell win for him. Um, but we'll see how that goes. Also on the card, picking up some nice wins. Bryce Mitchell picked up a, a big win over Andre Feely, moving him up the ranks. Greg Hardy continues to roll at heavyweight, picking up a, a big win over Murray Screen in the first round. And Kevin Holland also picked up a big win, uh, slamming his opponent to the ground, causing a neck injury. Kind of a scary moment for a while. Uh, but Charlie Ontiveros uh, uh, recovered. That win, um, just really quick about um... – Greg Hardy's win, he um, it was, I mean, he won, but I he, I feel like he's got to do something about his cardio. I know he's got the same lung issues I do because he uses the same uh, inhaler I do, 
But um, I just feel like, I don't know. I mean, when he won, uh, you know, as I was watching it, I was watching it at a bar, but I was like, hey, you know, he fell over like he lost. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 he's a big guy. I think, you know, we all, he damn near missed weight. Uh, yeah. he made, made weight at the last second. That would have been the first heavyweight in UFC history to miss weight. Um, and, and I'm sorry if I seem distracted. I'm actually uh, on combat sports law now because I want to see if I can find that contract. Oh, no problem. So, uh, but yeah, so, but a win for Hardy, I mean, in a weak heavyweight division, uh, or in, uh, I shouldn't say a weak, in a not uh, super deep heavyweight division, uh, Hardy's, Hardy's lining himself up. I know he already fought Volkov, uh, which was a uh, way too early for him to have that fight, uh, but he's really working himself up into uh, another a bigger fight here uh, to help move him towards the top of the rankings. Um you know, you, what was your, you said you caught the Bryce Mitchell, uh, fight. Um, he just continues to impress. He got his camo shorts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, didn't get the submission this fight, but, uh, controlled pretty much from start to finish. Uh, what, what did you, what's your feeling on him now that he moves to 14 and oh, I mean, I mean, he's just, um, uh, there's definitely something, um, in the water where he's from or whatever you want to call it. Cause the fact that he was just con- constant attack, it reminded me of, a. Uh, Back in the day, Frankie Edgar was just constant attacking where it's like, yeah, I mean, and not for nothing, uh, Philly handled him pretty well, I thought. But, uh, you know, for someone that's just con- on the attack as often as that that guy was, I mean, it's, listen, you know, I know he 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 said the stuff about being an anti-masker or whatever after the fight. But, I mean, you know, it, it, there is, um, it's funny because um, Uriah Hall talked about this a lot in the post-fight presser of the same event. And uh, enjoys a contract contained champion clause. Let me see if this is it. Um, sorry, I'm trying to do two things at once. But, um, whoa, this is big. It's a big file. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I make those contracts easy to get out of, or even though you understand. <laughs> but um, um, uh, Uriah Hall commented on it and some of the stuff. Like Bryce Mitchell, I mean, I get, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's just him. That's his character and all that. You know, but uh, like like um, he was saying, if you want to say and do stupid shit, you know, that's just the world we live in. But, he, you know, uh, you know, Uriah Hall is going to do the opposite of what Bryce Mitchell did. And he's which is pretty much what Fedor has done his whole career. And, and, and uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov and other fighters, he's like, it's just like he doesn't care about what's written on the Internet or what's done on the microphone. He's just going to, uh, you know, the wins eventually are going to make it to the point that you cannot be ignored for title shots and rankings and things like that. And that that's, that's his plan for, you know, moving forward. It looks like Bryce Mitchell, Bryce Mitchell could do the same thing. Cause he's, I think he's that good, but I mean, you know, he's, everybody's got their own personality and, you know, the thing, uh, as you become a rising star in anything, you know, the a microphone gets put in your face and you get a platform and, you know, here we go. So, well, I mean, he's such a threat on the ground. His, his submission yeah. game and everything is such a threat. I'll be interested to see which top featherweights jump at the opportunity to fight him. You know, when you, you usually when it's a puncher, it's different. You know, everybody thinks they can knock each other out. Uh, when you have somebody who's such a who seems like such an ace and is, is so much better than everybody he's competed with up until this point, uh, one aspect of the fighting game, it'll be interesting. I mean, um, I don't see guys like Holloway and. Uh, 
you know, Volkanovski's obviously the champion, but a lot of these guys just you know, the Korean Zombie and these guys, I'd be surprised to see them jump at the at the chance to to fight Bryce Mitchell. So be interested to see what he does. Um, obviously, he's the the country boy from Arkansas. Uh, probably a little bit of moonshine in his water is probably what <laughs> what the issue is. But uh, no man, yeah. entertaining as hell. You know, I, I you know, I. It'd be interesting to see where he goes. You know, a lot of these uh, ultimate fighter guys get a little bit of discredited from guys like me. I'm not going to put anybody else, but you kind of feel like they get kind of uh, jumped into the spotlight or thrust into the spotlight and, and they're not that good. They just kind of build a name for themselves, win a couple of fights, yeah. but he's, he's really earned his, earned his spot in my, in my, my book, at least speaking of ultimate fighter, you know, they announced another season that's going to be on ESPN plus, which I'm all, thank God it's there. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like I, I've I've long been tuned out of the Ultimate Fighter. I do. I always I always keep a you know a, a thumb on you know who's fighting there and where how good they are. Like I I really do only care about the fights, which is why I prefer Contender Series over the Ultimate Fighter. But you know, um, you know they're they're doing another season of that on ESPN Plus just to you know I guess that's going to be give them the reason to charge for that content. But I um I uh I don't know, man. I, I think. When you look at the contender series and all the opportunities that have come from this time during the pandemic, like look at all—I mean, like Kamzat Chaimaev, you know, that guy could, probably could have been on Ultimate Fight or something, but now he doesn't need it. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. they—they—they—they they, they needed a guy where they were at. They found a guy where they're at, inserted him, and he, he wound up, to, you know, being a wrecking machine. So, I mean, it's cool. I know that's that's the Ultimate Fighter, obviously, season one has a lot to do with the growth, the explosion of mixed martial arts in households. But, um, you know, we're past that now. Yeah, I mean, it just, see, it, it does not, it's not as necessary anymore. Um, yeah. You, you uh, like you said, you got the Contender Series. Um, they Which basically I, like, have- I like way better, and I hate that it's on freaking ESPN+. Plus. But thank God Nolan King keeps us posted on uh, everything yeah. going on there. I mean, between that LFA, it just seems like there's so many ways to the UFC now um, that, that it's not necessarily mm-hmm. it, it. You're dragging on. It's to me the Ultimate Fighter is just dragging on what the Contender Series does in one night, or what the Contender Series can do in like three weeks. Basically, where you establish, you find like two or three potential UFC fighters. Uh, the the you know, I, I, does anybody care anymore? What? <laughs> What some what kind of food some fighter has in the freezer or pissing you know. on somebody's bed and all that shit. Yeah, I mean in the yeah. in the early days that was just cool because people weren't as familiar with the whole lifestyle and and you had characters. I mean you just don't mm-hmm. have a you, we haven't had another season when you get cost checks and, and Chris Liebens and Diego yeah because the, the characters are already out there and they're already making their you know way like you know the Mike Perry's and the Jorge Masvidal's and Bryce mm-hmm. Mitchell they're already doing their thing out there with without you know but. It is what it is. I mean, I just hope you know putting putting that many people closed off in front of a camera like that. I, I feel like I feel like that's just we're going, we're not going to get the true fighters. Like obviously, like what we got up, what we're getting from Bryce Mitchell and Jorge Masvidal and all these guys I just mentioned. That's who they are, and they've fought their way you know long enough that now they have a platform that we can see who they are. But when you get somebody that's in a reality show type of setting. I have a feeling we're going to see a lot of, um, you know, forced person personalities. You know what I mean? So I wonder where they're going to pull from 
You know, like, are we? Are they going to bring LFA fighters in? Is is it going to be? You know, because that for me that makes it more exciting if I, if yeah. I recognize somebody. Now we've talked to a lot of the guys, a few LFA fighters. Um, yeah, like when they did that flyweight season, that was a great season. There you go, the, the undefeated flyweight, and then yeah. you know the stuff like that where you're kind of familiar with guys, even if you don't know everybody. You go, okay, you know, even going back to like the heavyweight one, they had we had Kimbo, and most of the guys didn't know a lot of the other guys. We had Roy Nelson, who the hardcore fans at that time knew. So if you can if you can bring that to this era where you can kind of but we've talked to other guys, um, and I can't remember exactly, so I want to be careful quoting anybody, so I'm not going to quote. But I think somebody, I think Justin Wetzel, uh, maybe when we spoke to him, was kind of not so keen on the idea um, of of going to the Ultimate Fighter. He thought he had done enough, and he was doing enough. So it'll be it'll be weird to see who they who they are able to get to compete in it because there's so many outlets to get there now, um, and you know. We it seems like more fighters now kind of talk down on the idea of competing in the Ultimate Fighter, um, as opposed to years past. Years past, that was like the golden ticket. Now mm. it just seems like it's kind of a pain in the ass. Um, I also don't know exactly how we're gonna we're gonna film a show during a, a pandemic. I mean, when is this? Is you know, yeah. it, it just it, the whole aspect of everything seems really really weird. Um, I mean, I'd even be all for like, why do they have to live in the same house? Why can't we just record them like getting ready for the fight and then just fighting from their gyms or something, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean it, putting we, a bunch of people together is kind of a bad idea these days. It, and, and it just doesn't, <laughs> it just does. It's, it's ran its course. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, I don't see that. So we'll see what happens, but yeah, Bryce Mitchell on the move up. Sad to see Anderson lose. Curious to see where he goes. Uh, honestly, I'd be happy to see him retire. Uh, just leave on, you know, if, if, unless he's going to fight some can, which I'm all for too. Um, not not everyone gets to walk away that George St. Pierre did. You know what I mean? Like, like you're not going to get a lot of those type of retirement fights. I just, guys. I hate these guys retiring in empty arenas, but Anderson Silva deserves to retire in a full out sold out arena in Brazil. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I like, I, you, you said it kind of after we recorded last week, but I mean, I couldn't help, but, but re re I tweeted it out a couple of times on Saturday, you know, that, 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 they really should have put that fight at least switched over for the one fight on regular ESPN because, like you know, I I, I felt like that went under the radar and um oh god why am I forgetting his name Jason Floyd you know he said the same thing I said he's like you're not gonna you know they're not gonna tune out college football for this as much as as much as the sentiment you know is true the college football you know. It's all money, man. It's all about the money. I know, but they have ESPN two. They've got ESPN uh, news. Excuse me. There's a bunch of options. Uh, you know, they just didn't want to do it. It's not the contract the UFC signed, and I think in the long run, I we can argue the ESPN thing plus all day and night. I mean, I you know, the numbers don't look great for the pay per views. I mean, we hear what was it a week ago? Dana White was saying that Khabib and uh, and uh, and Gagey was like projected to be the top selling pay-per-view of all time or on par with like, you know, one of McGregor's fights and it comes out, it does like 500,000 sales. And there's no, and there's really no way to know, like you said, because it's all ESPN, like, you know, yeah, like I mean, that's what I'm saying. If if like if the UFC tells me there's a million buys, I pretty much believe there's probably like 600,000. So if they're telling me there's 500,000 buys, you know, I, I, I'm thinking it's more like 300. I just, I don't think people can, it was a day, it was a pay-per-view that started at 2 PM also on the East coast, which is great for a guy like you, 
but maybe not so great for the fucking loved it. Yeah, maybe not maybe not so great for the father of four or something who's got uh, yeah. you know, soccer practice and stuff. But um but that was the UFC. Um we got a Bellator card. Well, we had the we had the Musasi fight last week as well. Uh oh yeah Musasi and, and Lima. Uh didn't lead up to lead up to the or didn't uh work its way up to the hype that I think uh, at least somebody like me thought it was going to should have known no, a little better. Thought, yeah. Yeah. Stylistically, it lended itself to kind of ending the exact way it did. Usasi winning a decision four rounds to one, yeah. uh, uh, three rounds, to two on one card. Uh, I mean, you had a lot of people complaining about it too, but it's, I mean, when you listen to, I, I put it up, check out MMA news.com. I put it up the day after uh, Friday after um, where Musasi kind of, I mean, number one, he says, I sort of overestimated his ability. And uh, number two, he's just like, after the first, he says, after the first round, I, I I knew I'm not putting him away. This is going five rounds because it's Douglas Lima, who's, I mean, come on. He's definitely, I mean, I, he's fighting at middleweight, but he's definitely like one of the top welterweights in the world. So, you know, it, it, it I, I don't know. I, I, it was a little frustrating to see some of the commentary. I was actually doing live results for the uh, uh, CFFC 86 that night. So I was, I was, it was a two screen night for me. I felt like I felt like you. It was a two screen night for me. Um, but I had to do results for the one event for my MMA news and you know keep watching that one too, so I could do something in the, the next day for MMA news. And I was just like, man, you know, I was like I was frustrated watching it, but I mean, two really good guys, technically, I mean, former middleweight champion versus a current welterweight champ. And now now he's now he's middleweight, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I just it it just it was the typical uh stylistically they both lend themselves to be somewhat passive, um almost counter strikers uh and and when you get two of those kind of together, Lima just didn't pull the trigger enough. Um Musashi pulled it just enough to do what he had to do. Lima could have probably turned the tide at certain times or at least uh put some pressure on Gegard to uh to step up his output, uh, but that really never happened. So Musasi picks up the win. <clears throat> Once again, the 85 champion. Uh, Lima retains his belt at 170. So not much has changed as far as the, uh, the you know, the the aspect of the of the divisions in Bellator, but, um, but uh, obviously Lima coming off a loss. Not a devastating loss, so I, I don't see this – derailing him too much at 170 but uh it'll be interesting to see if bellator kind of works away from these kind of fights now uh we had a little run there um the chandler patricky you know, mm-hmm. bader doing his thing bader won a tournament so it's a little bit different but you got uh yeah you know it, it'll just it's interesting to see how they do it uh especially when lima was on such a great run uh it was the fight we all wanted so i i respect Bellator for putting it on but um in hindsight uh it may not have been the best thing business wise for them, but but we'll see where it goes. Uh, if Lima comes back and Kale's yeah. on it, I'm I'm worried about the Thursday night slot. I mean, I mean, if they switch it, then it's because the numbers aren't really pulling for them. But I mean, you know, I think the timing is bad too. You got football, you got all kinds of other things going on, and um, you know, it's like us with this podcast on Tuesday nights lately. You know, we we usually get more viewers in when we go live. But you know we we've been competing with like contender series tonight. We got the election, and uh, you know God knows what else is 
God knows what other pandemonium is going on out there. Yeah, exactly. It's your birthday, and it's like nobody cares. I know. It's chaos. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I long for the old days of going to New York for my birthday and there being a yeah. fight. Oh, that's right. God, man. you know. That was last year, right? Yeah, uh, two years ago. Two years two, ago? Two years ago, 2018. Yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah, it's uh, – It'll be interesting. Thursday night thing is not not. I, I don't mind the Thursday night. I don't like the early start times. I know that yeah. does good for you. Um, seems to me like this next start time on this next one seven Eastern, four o'clock on the West Coast. They're just they're chalking it up to not having any viewers on the West Coast. You know, it's good for me because I, I usually am still working when the first couple cards start. Luckily, they lost that fight that they pushed it back an hour, but still, you know, it's gonna be. It's still, you know. They got it. I mean, yeah, it's rough. It's rough. I mean, if anything, I mean, I don't know. Thank God they streamed the prelims on, on YouTube so you could always go back and catch what you missed for the early stuff. But not everybody watches the early stuff like you and I do. So Yeah. Well, I mean, out here, they, they take it out of my hands. If you start the prelims at noon on a Thursday when I'm at work, you know, I might get a break where I can catch a fight or two. But mm. it's, you know, they, they pretty much take it out of your hands. And um, I don't know. It, they know what they're doing in theory, so we'll see what happens. But this Thursday, talk, talk, talking about the just before Jake Hager's fight against uh, uh, Carlton, I mean, uh, I don't know if people thought that. I didn't know anything about him. I read Nolan King. You know, he's he's there on site. He's he's there on site for. Usually, I am too, but you know, with this whole situation, there's no way I can. I don't do it full time like he does. So uh, make sure you follow him for Bellator stuff because he's right there, and so is Bellator till the end of the year. At least as far as we know. But um, anyway, um, the guy he fought was a, a catch wrestler, former Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I forgot what position he played. And and uh, I feel like maybe they thought that was going to be an easy fight for Hager. But that dude was tough. Uh, you know, Hager got transported to the hospital after that fight. I mean, sh- shout out to Jake Hager, though, for like having a positive attitude and being raring to go. He, he's he's. People thought that he was going to leave MMA after that, and he's like, "No, I'm ready for the next one." So, I like the guy, and I like AEW and the Inner Circle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez, um, good, it was crazy fight. Um, yeah, not the greatest uh, exhibition of skills ever seen at the heavyweight division, but uh, a couple guys showed a lot of heart. Uh, I felt like this was the the fight that we always get with guys like Hager. Yeah. Uh, or, or whether it's uh, Bobby Lashley or uh, Brock, not so much because his were so high, so high profile. Uh, but like David Batista, some of these guys who have come in and tried MMA, um, they they tend to have this fight where you know I, uh, with uh, with Lashley, I believe it was I believe it was Griggs who uh, who did some damage and, and hurt him and beat him. I like uh, Bobby Lashley, man. I, he kind of walked away from MMA, but I, I was like, man. Uh, that's one. That's one guy I wish stayed, but I know I know he he likes pro wrestling better. Yeah, <laughs> you know the thing about Hager though I was going to get to is that he he showed the heart to overcome the, the adversity, pulled it out. It was a, a split decision win, but um, you know if he wants to keep going, good for him. I I think that this probably shows that you know the ideas of him fighting guys like Minakov or or, or Fedor or any of those guys is probably something that we'll never see mm-hmm. um perhaps yeah. somewhat like the lashley i, I have a feeling we're gonna have a, like a he's gonna get you know what does he have three four fights now so i have a feeling we probably get like five more fights out of him and he pretty much fights just schmoes maybe gets that mid-tier heavyweight 
Um, and, and we'll we'll see what happens. Or maybe they bring back some retired uh, heavyweight, uh, Gabriel Gonzaga or something like that to, hmm. to fight him. But, um, you know, <clears throat> he showed heart, picked up the big win. Uh, he stays undefeated, uh, which is obviously big for his uh, for his pro wrestling persona. You know um, what I like is that is that uh, they kind of I don't know if it's an agreement or something, but they're obviously he wore his AEW logo on his shorts. He walked in with an inner circle shirt on, and we walked into the cage. And then uh, when when they do hit when he has matches in AEW, they use some of the Bellator like B roll on uh, on the big screen in the back. So I'm like I, I love the there's a weird kinship and james lynch actually who's been on the podcast <clears throat> interviewed him for mmanews.com the week of the event or yeah early that week of the event and um jake hager said that he's like super lucky because he called he's, he said both aew and bellator are great companies to to be an athlete for um because they're they're pretty much giving him free reign to do both so i mean i wish more promoters were like that <clears throat> I mean, I think the natural thing for him is to see Jake Hager uh, in Ryzen. Um, that would be that. Just yeah. to me, that's the that's where you're going to find a heavyweight for him to fight. You know, give him a give him some sumo. I mean, that's that's what he is. Uh, he, whether he likes it or not, he's kind. He's the freak show. He's the 2020 freak show. He's you know, not who, the 400 well, pound sumo guy, but he's the pro wrestler. I have a criticism about him though, and I, and and uh, I know he's got a really good boxing trainer, but I feel like whoever's coaching him either he's not doing it enough because he did have a reach advantage and he was landing a, a right he was throwing a one-two punch combo and the right straight kept landing and i feel like if if he just threw a led that with a, a a leg kick or something and and you know just more strikes instead of just one one two one one two which which i'm kind of guilty of myself back in the day when i used to spar but it's like something that it's like man um if you let your hands go a little bit this guy would have had problems. I'd like to see him fight. I can't remember the name of the guy. The redheaded dude. He calls himself Sasquatch or something. Bellator used him as an alternate uh, before they went to the Europe Euro Series. I'd have to look at uh, um, he's a karate guy and uh, was kind of expected to lose. He's he's I can't for, if I remember his name, but that's that's if they're gonna make him fight somebody, that's got to be his next opponent. Their record's about the same. Their experience is about the same. I mean, he'd he'd probably give Jake Hager just as much problems as as uh as uh Colton did. But yeah, that was a good fight, man. Yeah, it's a good fight, entertaining fight. Um, again, that brings us to this Thursday. Uh, like I said, yeah. early start time, seven p.m. Eastern time. Main event, though. I'll bring uh, it up. <laughs> MMA and kickboxing. Uh, I I shouldn't say MMA legend. Kickboxing, all combat sport legend Melvin Manhoff. Uh, and, uh, Corey Anderson, um, makes his, uh, makes his debut, uh, as signing with Bellator. Uh, and, uh, how, you know, how, is Manhoff like up there and I feel like, is he older? Um, yeah, I, he's, uh, let me check his date. Yeah. Yeah. He's 44. So this yeah. is, this is, uh, dangerous. Yeah, it's not the uh, not not it's it's the fight that I expected uh, Bellator to to give him uh, mm-hmm. because it's it's a name because he had a couple uh, of knockouts like in 2016 2015 that he lost it. I was concerned for like the future of his career. Yeah, yeah, he um, yeah, you're talking about like the Carvalho 
he lost to Carvalho twice, you know, and then and didn't Hisaki Kato knock him out too, or he he knocked out Kato? Schilling knocked him out. Uh, he he knocked out Kato, okay. uh, but Schilling. Um, but you know, he's on a two fight MMA win streak now, um, and he also had a kickboxing win uh, about two years ago, uh, three years ago actually, over Remy Bonjowski. Um, so he, he has is on a three fight combat win. It's a, it's a it's a it's a warm up fight for Corey Anderson. It's fight he should win. Obviously, it's kind of a gatekeeper fight for Manoff. It's kind of what he's become. Uh, but uh, it's not one where Corey Anderson can sleep on it. If he sleeps on this fight uh, and sleeps for even one second, he will find himself asleep uh, because Manoff will not hesitate to put his lights out. Uh, but I expect Corey Anderson to go in there use his grappling. Uh, get man up against the fence, get him down to the ground. And I think he, uh, I think he ends up getting a stoppage win uh, late second round. Uh, but, you know, it'd make my Thursday to see man just, you know, just yeah, put him I, down. I, I just, I, ever since those losses, I've, I'm always concerned. I, I feel like, I feel like we're going to see a, a, a KO off, off of uh, Anderson in his debut, especially since his debut, he's not trying to, you know, you never know. A lot of guys, I mean, look how many guys had bad debuts coming from, like, Benson Henderson didn't do well when he for debuted. I'm trying to think who else. Um, oh, well, Musasi didn't have a great fight with uh, yeah. uh, Storm uh, Schlemanko. Yeah. Uh, like you said, Korshkov fought uh, uh, Henderson. So this is a little different, but um, we'll see what happens. Co-main event, Tyrell Fortune. Uh, he returns uh against uh Syed Soma uh don't know a lot about Soma uh Fortune uh one of the up and coming heavyweights um who had a loss to Tim Johnson uh looks to uh keep rebounding and, and working his way up the uh rankings there in the heavyweight division of Bellator um one of our former guests Derek Anderson who's been scheduled to fight everybody from Paul Daly to MVP to Everybody else finally gets an opponent here in, in Killy's Mota, a uh, 12 and one fighter out of Brazil. Where's that? Is on the prelims? No, main card, right under that one. Why don't I see that? This day hits. Okay, they, the next one then? There oh, this one. one here. So they got it in different order than, uh, on, than on there. So, yeah, so Derek Anderson, the barbarian, or barbaric, I'm sorry, barbaric Derek, <laughs> uh, he, he returns, uh, fan favorite. Uh, really a, a top contender in the division, but he seems to have been lost through injuries and just getting kind of lost in the, in the mix of, of fights, especially uh, at lightweight and welterweight. Um, the opening fight I thought was the opening fight appears. Maybe it's the second fight, a fight that you're for, you're familiar with both of the gentlemen competing Austin Vanderfort, uh, who is undefeated in MMA mm-hmm. and, and uh, had been doing really well uh, with Chael Sonnen's submission underground uh, before a recent loss. Uh, he faces Vinicius de Jesus, um, who you've spoken to uh, several occasions, uh, the former CES uh, champion of the world. So I'd uh, be curious to see how you see this fight going, uh, especially two guys who you've spoken to and really watched their careers unfold over the last you know, five years or so. Yeah, Vanderford used to fight at victory, and it's funny. I mean, he's, I'm glad he's fighting at 185. He used, to fight at, he used to fight at welterweight there, and as we know, de Jesus – as normally fights at welterweight, he's taking this at, at 185 because it was literally, I think Monday, Monday or yesterday, the uh, the news about I, I, Vanderford's original opponent was Chris Curtis. Shout out to like, once again Nolan King, who's been on the podcast, who broke that news over at MMA Junkie. 
um, you know, I, I forget if it was COVID related or whatever that that he got removed. But De Jesus is from the area, and um, listen, uh, I, I've talked to the guy enough times to know that he uh, he's never not ready to compete in something. When I when I interviewed him, he was simultaneously preparing for his CES title fight and the Combat Jiu Jitsu Worlds. Um, he takes days like to go to train at Marcelo's and Hanzo Gracie's in New York. Drives all the way down from Connecticut to do it, um, and I mean, the the dude is uh, the uh, having stood next to them physically. There, I, I feel like they're they're it's a great matchup physically, stylistically. I think we're gonna see uh, um, Vanderford obviously is the, the uh, our grappler. I mean, but he's 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 got a pretty seasoned MMA record too. But uh, when I saw Vinicius fight, the last time he fought in Bellator, <clears throat> people thought he was, you know, they were accusing him of being just a jiu-jitsu guy. And um, he wound up destroying the guy with leg kicks and getting a TKO, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I don't know if you have the record in front of you. But um, he got he, he, he didn't beat him with jiu-jitsu. And uh, he, he said in the post-fight interview afterward, when I, that was, I think that's when I first met him, um, he was like, uh, I'm trying to prove that I'm, I'm an all-around fighter. And um, the fact that uh, I honestly feel like this is going to be a better fight uh, versus what was originally booked, be- just because we're going to see two two guys that have a lot in both of their toolboxes try to impose their, their will against each other. And um, don't sleep on the, the short notice. for This is one of those fights where usually I go with the guy that's been in camp getting ready, but I did not. DeJesus is kind of always in camp. But we'll know when weigh-ins, like weigh-ins are tomorrow, and we'll know when that's the if that's the case. But um, yeah, he's definitely uh, <clears throat> that's definitely somebody that I'm uh, looking forward to seeing this fight. That's a good good fight. I look forward to seeing it too. I I don't know, I don't. I it's hard fight to pick. It's, it's a really a good fight. And it's uh, it's a better fight, I believe, than the the first fight um, that was initially scheduled with Curtis. So, uh, yeah, entertaining four fight card tomorrow or on Thursday. Uh, I, I predict a lot of finishes, so, um, hopefully it'll work. If you're on the West coast, definitely remember to set your DVRs, uh, CBS sports network, uh, Thursday at uh, four o'clock here on the West coast, uh, Saturday brink comes and rolls around then. Um, and we get another UFC card. Really the only fight on this. On, I mean, there's some, some good names, but obviously the main event, uh, Tiago Santos, Glover Teixeira, uh, basically a number one contender fight at this point um, without uh, with John Jones stepping away. Jan Blakovich, uh, the new champion. Uh, looks like we lost Ed here. He should be jumping back in. But, uh, you know, Glover 31 and seven, just an all time, you know, animal comes, brings it every fight. Uh, coming off of a dominating win over uh, Anthony Smith at uh, at middleweight, <laughs> uh, or I'm sorry, at light heavyweight, but um, and Tiago Santos uh, makes his return since he uh, since his fight with John Jones seems like that's been forever ago. Um, really, he's only been you know I guess what year and a half or so, but um, yeah, just uh, a great light heavyweight fight. Uh, I I think that uh, I, I picked Glover over Anthony Smith, and I'm gonna do it again. I, I think old man strength here. Uh, I, I think that uh, Tiago Santos has to get over the fact of destroying his knees 
um, and, and getting back into a cage. I, I just, uh, Tiago Santos says ups and downs. He's had some fights where he's looked terrible. He's had other fights where he looks great. Uh, I, I'm just going to go with the veteran in Glover, and, and I, I think he puts pressure on uh, Tiago, manages to get him down to the ground, and uh, I feel like uh, Teixeira is one of the most underrated ground technicians in all of MMA, especially at light heavyweight, uh, through his pressure and his um, his submission skills. Uh, he's a great all-around fighter who who uh, who came to the UFC later in his career. But uh, Tiago's Marietta, right? I, I, I mean, I'm yeah. sorry. Marietta? Yeah, yeah. Santos I'm talking about. Yeah, because... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna bring that up too. Yeah, I mean, this is the winner of this fight's. I gotta be, gotta be title shot. Um, gotta be title shot. I can't even. I, I would, th- I would think so. I'm just, I mean, I, I the only reason because this is Santos' first fight. I know he's ranked number one, but this is his first fight off of uh from coming off of uh his surgery, right? Yeah, first fight since he fought John Jones yeah, yeah. in a fight a lot. So I just think, it, well, I think if he wins in, if either of these guys win in in impressive fashion, I think it's an automatic title shot. The only other thing we're hearing rumors now is maybe of uh, Israel Adesanya coming up and fighting Jan uh, at, at light heavyweight, which doesn't make any sense to me at all. Um, let let Blakovich do some of his, you know, clean up his own division a little bit yeah. uh, before we start talking about him fighting uh, the the middleweight king right now. So, uh, and, and interesting. I just I, I love that I love the fight. Like I said, this fight had been canceled twice due to COVID. Um, so hopefully there's, there's not a third strike on it. But um, yeah, I, I think I think I think Glover picks up the win. I'd like to see him. Get, I, it, it, the 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 road is paved right now for Glover Teixeira to end up with a UFC title. There's never all of these guys. Yeah, I mean, it, there's a there's a there's a room now of four or five guys that really were on the outside looking in as long as John Jones was around, mm-hmm. and now all of them have a chance to gather up a title belt uh, before really they good, call it a uh, career. Yeah, it's a really good take. Really yeah. good birthday take. <laughs> Andre Arlovsky on the card by name only. Uh, he's like two and six in his last eight or so. Uh, Tanner Bowser also, you know, coming off a couple wins. It's going to be a rough one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brendan Allen, uh, Ian Henschnitch, Heinstich is a uh, is a good fight. My girl, Claudia Gedalia, I'll be, that'll be the fight that uh, I will be. Uh, obviously, that opens up the main card, uh, but I'm one of her stands, so I will be rooting hard for her. I uh, don't know a lot about uh, Jan uh, Zionan, uh, but uh, – Hopefully, Gadella uh, manages to uh, pick up another win here and, and work her way up the rankings. Entertaining card. Uh, let me check the uh, – I believe, unfortunately, for the normal – yep, it is another ESPN Plus card. Yeah, it says uh, it here. Which means ESPN will probably have, like, East Western Mississippi State versus, you know, South <laughs> Sam Houston State or uh, on, on at that time of night. But, yeah. um, you know, we complain. I the depth of these cars is questionable to say the least. Uh, I feel but, like uh, definitely last weekend's card though, which was not, was not questionable. I like that card a lot. No, last weekend was a legit, card, yeah. that was a legit fight night card. Some of these other ones, uh, I mean, listen, Andre Olaski being a co-main event that, that ship sailed in like 2013, you know? So, uh, but you know, but he's the pit bull, you know, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to him. I just think the slots are, but the card order doesn't make any sense. And that goes for Bellator too. Um, <laughs> I brought up the election results. because 
we're talking about fights. I figured let's look at the, let's look at who's winning on this card. <laughs> yeah, I think everything's still too early to call. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I I know we don't really do politics on this podcast. I mean, but... if we're if we're gonna break down a political <laughs> thing right there, the 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 Florida, the Georgia, the Wisconsin, Michigan are uh, the fact that those are all tilting. Um, Red is odd. Ohio being uh, slightly blue is in Pennsylvania. It's going to be close. So let's just end that on that. I'm going to call it here. Uh, finish my beer. Fans can check us out at uh, at Combat Hour on Twitter, Coast to Coast Combat Hour on Instagram. Check us out at allaccessmma.com. You can follow me, Matthew Hawkins, at MMAHawk21 on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Ed at Carbazal on Twitter, Carbeerzal on Instagram. Old Head Carb on Twitch. Uh, enjoy the rest of the weekend, and uh, I will uh, look forward to talking to you next week. Uh, and uh, maybe what have is- another beer again next week. Who knows? We'll see how tonight finish wraps up. What are you rushing away for? What do you got? Some hottie calling you on the birthday, trying to get you some birthday nope. poonchang. We, uh, we start bringing politics into the show. It's time to, <laughs> time to call it and, and celebrate Taco Tuesday now. <laughs> I can't do Taco Tuesday anymore because I do this podcast. Grubhub. Yeah, no. I'm <laughs> too late for me to eat over here. I know. All but, right, um, brother. I'll have a good rest of the night. Uh, thanks for all the birthday wishes. Before we sign off uh, on a personal note, um, one of my friends passed away last night. Um, I don't want to say uh, too much because I'm not sure how much of his family is. I, I don't know how many, I don't think anybody listens to the show, but uh, Anthony, you'll be missed brother. And uh, my life would be different if you weren't in it. So we'll miss you and uh, thinking about your family. So uh, right. we'll end it on that. Um, be safe, right. everybody. Yeah. You too, man. Enjoy the rest of your birthday. Thank you. Hey guys, Ed here, East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you'd like to help us out and donate, uh, the support links are in any of the uh, podcast descriptions and some the links are also provided on our YouTube channel, The Blogboard Jungle. Um, thanks again for listening. And if you give us some support, we'll give you a shout on the podcast, maybe... Uh, bring you on for a UFC pay-per-view breakdown or two. Thanks again.